The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. Welcome back to the Twisty Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Made myself another cup of decaf coffee that I probably won't drink, but this time I put it in a Yeti mug, which will keep it nice and warm, kind of, but will only slightly burn it a little bit. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, it is another nighttime podcast. Oop, just started recording at 10 p.m. Was supposed to sit down in my little chair here about two hours ago, but life happens. When somebody texts you asking for Florence recommendations, you stop, drop, roll on over to the computer and give the people what they're asking for. It's like one of my greatest prides, joys in life to kind of pretend I'm Italian for like one quick hot second to reminisce on those four beautiful months that I spent, um, you know, pretending to have an accent, pretending to be fluent and really just living my best life as a Florentine resident slash visitor slash resident. So that was what took up my last two hours. I hope your last two hours have been well. Maybe it's the start to your day. Maybe it's your bright and sunny afternoon. Uh, It is just me and uh, Reese here in the studio today. You obviously wouldn't be able to see this because if, well, if you're watching on YouTube or on Spotify, pretty stinking cool, um, you wouldn't know this because I'm just, you're looking at a wall and me, hopefully me, but also the wall. But I I haven't had a desk <laughs> in my office for like, I'm going to say at least a week or two now. It ended up being fine because of the guests that I had coming in the Woods Airbnb, but uh, it is a little bit unusual. I have been working from my coffee table, pseudo dining room table, pseudo desk for the past few days. And the only thing that I'm absolutely loving about it is that it actually provides me with light. I can see the day. I can know what time of day it is when I'm actually in my living room. It is quite glorious and it's really, really beautiful. So, uh, you know, I'm very irritated with my desk situation because it's not that I don't want a desk. I obviously do. I got tired of my desk. Overnight, my mind shifted and I sold it the next day. Life happens. I don't know. Uh, And then I figured out which desk I wanted. And there must be something wrong with the delivery process. Or maybe it's because of my building really know. Like I'm I'm a little bit confused, but I've ordered it twice and it has been returned to the sender twice. So two times out of desk, two times refunded the money, two times confused, two times a little bit irritated. So I'm on either third time's a charm or maybe time to look for a new desk, but I don't want to spend a lot of money. Like it's just not in the cards right now. Like 
I, I, I'm okay with the coffee table. And to be honest, I think I secretly like it, which is why I'm kind of like, oh, darn it. Return to center yet again. Oof. Ruin my day when I'm actually like a little bit happy about it. So I'm looking at an empty room and a new office chair that is still sitting in the box because I haven't asked Keith to put it together yet. But it's it's a little bit echoey in here. So I'm sorry if that like messes up the audio in any way, shape or form. But regardless, we're going to have a fabulous episode today. I'm very excited. It is a Monday. I hope that you are having a wonderful day yourself. I have a lot of notes um, here as well because there's a lot of fun things that I want to talk about and I don't want to go off on my rants, you know, as much. But of course, you know, life updates. Um, How are you? How am I? Thank you so much for asking. I had a lovely fall-filled fun weekend fall-filled fun family weekend, because it did include family. Absolutely wonderful. One of my favorite things about living in Washington, in the Pacific Northwest of the United States of America, is the fall season. Absolutely gorgeous. I am 100% always will be that girl that is craving the changing colors of a leaf, because, you know, we have palm trees in Southern California, which are bad for the environment and really don't do much other than look pretty. So I love a changing leaf. I love the the way that the world works. I love seasons. Like it is just glorious. And I also love fall activities that involve getting out of your house and doing things that aren't in grocery store parking lots. Let me explain. I grew up going to a multitude of like, you know, fun activities. It wasn't like my parents didn't take me anywhere, but they took me to Southern California activities. And for the most part, in the fall, you know, that would include a local pumpkin patch. And the local Southern California pumpkin patch looks a little bit like this. Um, Picture your local grocery store, (laughs) then picture their adjacent parking lot, right? Then in the back corner of that parking lot, we're going to set up fake barrels of hay. We're going to set up a scarecrow and maybe some like orange and yellow flags to signify that this is like a pseudo farm. How many times have I said pseudo and we've been recording for like four minutes? New word of the week, new vocabulary word, everybody add it to your list. Then inside of our little pseudo farm, we've got pumpkins kind of scattered throughout the hay looking like uh, like a fall fun event. And then you go and you pick up your pumpkin and you choose which one you want. And maybe you'll take some pictures for Instagram and it's sounding more pathetic by the minute. And then you go home and you carve your pumpkin and you go on with your fall activities. But yes, we quite literally still to this day have pumpkin patches in parking lots. Like that was for the most part where I did my pumpkin shopping or like outside of a grocery store. You know, a lot of times, I think this is a bit more common. Let's say you go to Trader Joe's, you go to Ralph's, Safeway, um, Walmart, whatever. They're going to have those big, huge tubs of pumpkins. We also had that kind of scenario. So um, lots of different fun, unique things in my hometown. How about you? But this weekend, we got to do something super fun, which I now have been doing ever since I've lived here, even when I was on the eastern side of the state, very, very country in Spokane. 
I would go to pumpkin patches all the time, especially in September, October, November season um, when it's very fall-esque and when you can carve pumpkins. And usually it's like a little carnival or festival of sorts. And sometimes they have hot apple cider, warm mini donuts. That's always a hit. I feel like that's a really popular one. Sometimes like carnival games. Um, The one that we went to this weekend had pig races and a farm, which was so stinking cute. Goats, like fried food, basically feels like a mini state fair, county fair. And it is, it's just like the little thing that warms my SoCal heart that I just need during this time of year and really helps you feel like you're, you're getting into the mojo of the new season. It's it's so much fun. So I'm so glad that we did that. And it was like a cute little Taylor Keith Reese moment. I did some, I did a really cute TikTok on it. And if you haven't seen it yet, I, I do recommend because I spent a little bit too much time on it. And it's, um, that's embarrassing on my part, but just amazes me that we have such wonderful activities here in the PNW. And I truly do recommend visiting this time of year or like New England or something like anywhere with leaves. Go somewhere with leaves this fall. I I highly encourage it. We also went around trying to find a lot of different ways that we could order from the app Too Good To Go. Have you ever heard of this app? I ask you endearingly. Well, (laughs) if you haven't, let me enlighten you. So the app is called Too Good To Go, as in T-O-O, Too Good To Go. And essentially, it's this incredible app. I don't know how or when or who started it, but It's essentially the idea behind it is to help reduce food waste. Sorry, enunciating can be helpful on podcasts. So it's an app that helps you uh, order from local restaurants that have participated or have signed up to be a part of the app. And it's only in a few different cities. I think it's kind of in like the trial beginner stages of sorts, but it's in Seattle. So you can go onto the app and it will tell you like which neighborhood you're in, which restaurants are participating. So if I go onto the app right now, it might say, this is your local donut store and you can buy $20 worth of donuts for only $6 today. And you're going to be able to reserve that bag of donuts for let's say 3 p.m. in the afternoon and essentially it's all of the donuts that maybe didn't get sold that day so it's a surprise bag you don't know what you're going to get but otherwise if you hadn't have purchased this too good to go option then all of those donuts would be going in the trash can so it's a really easy way to one get a lot of good food for an incredible price to reduce food waste and help out the restaurant so they're not throwing all of that away and three just stimulate the economy. Like it's a win, win, win for everybody. And it's so much fun because you never know what you're going to get. Not a great game for picky eaters, but you know, just a good way to experience a new city. If you haven't been to one before, it's really not that widespread right now. So I hate sharing it and like disappointing you if you go onto the app and yours isn't available, but it's, it's just a neat thing to do because you, you don't know which restaurants are going to have options available that day. So you have to log onto the app. You have to see which restaurant might have uh, spots able for you to reserve their food from. So maybe that donut store only has five bags available that day for five different customers to pick up a random surprise bag. If you don't choose your spot ahead of time, you might have missed out on your opportunity for that day. And maybe you need to go to the pastry shop down the street or it's a Thai restaurant or it's a pizza restaurant whatever. Like it's just so much fun. So we were trying to do that. I didn't get any um, reservations this time, but I thought it was like a, a good idea to plug in case you hadn't heard of this before. So too good to go. 
download the app, see if there's anything in your town that is worth trying. Maybe you haven't tried something before or just a good way to reduce some food waste. We absolutely love to see it. But yeah, that was so much fun. Um, Just had like a very big city-filled weekend. I did a lot of thrifting. I'm really trying to work on building my capsule wardrobe. And it's something that I should have started years ago, but I've never been great about maybe buying pieces that will always complement one another. Like I think for a moment I was trying to buy pieces in my wardrobe that were going to stand out or be a statement piece on their own. When in actuality, I should be shopping for things that are always going to be able to kind of mix and match with the other things in my closet. So I'm constantly filled with ideas for what to wear. This is also not a fantastic idea if you have a really hard time um, choosing outfits because sometimes you have too many things to choose from, but it's a lot more um, of a sustainable way to shop. It's a better way to actually build your wardrobe around you and your style and your interests instead of following quick, fast fashion trends. And, you know, thrifting is fun in general. So it's it's neat to just be able to kind of, oh my gosh, <laughs> lately I've been catching myself just tripping over my words. It's neat to be able to see what the thrift stores have uh, and kind of just shop around or really just look. Sometimes you find nothing. Sometimes you find like one golden item. I tried on a Patagonia puffer jacket that I so, so badly wanted to get for a literal $29.99. Normally they sell for, I don't know, $275, $300. It was a steal of a century, but it was an extra small. And it, 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 I could zip it up, I could move about in it, but it was just like a hair too tight. A hair too tight. I was so mad. I was like, if only this was a small or a medium or a large, like I would have buttoned any other size. But if you find this, if you find this $29.99 Patagonia puffer, an extra small, God bless you because I'm extremely jealous. Um, and the last thing of my fun weekend update I watched so much Netflix this weekend, which is actually a really rare thing for me because I don't know how or when or why I just stopped watching television at some point or I always like watch TV to go to sleep. Like I need like that white noise, you know, so I, I turn on big mouth before I go to bed. It used to be the office and the office went off of Netflix. Then it's kind of progressed past iCarly for a hot minute. Keith and I were liking that. And then now it's big mouth, which is just like the weirdest, funniest show ever. But we were kind of scrolling. We didn't really know what to watch. It was like a Friday night, crazy Friday night here. And we stumbled across the new TV show, Made. It's a limited series. It's 10 episodes. And let me tell you, I was completely blown away. First of all, it's based off of a book. So you know right away, like the the plot is good. The plot is thick. It is juicy. It is incredible. It stars. Mm, oh my gosh, I have to look her name up. It's a name that I can say in my mind, but I cannot say out loud. Margaret Qualley. It's Margaret Qualley. And I recognized her from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I think that might have been the only movie that I've seen her in, but she happened to be the star of this movie or TV show. I keep wanting to call it a movie because that's what it felt like because a limited series is essentially a 10-part movie. But she started in it with her mom, who's Andy McDowell. I think I might be pronouncing these these names wrong, but it was so cool because they had such this natural 
chemistry and the whole premise, like the plot of the show is absolutely phenomenal. I'm nearly positive it has a hundred percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And if that's what you need to make you watch a show, because it is what Keith the Virgo needs, then like look no further. It has so much depth and beauty and it's such a good like heroic story. It's basically about a single mom who I'm reading the description off of Wikipedia. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not. Single mom Alex turns to house cleaning to make ends meet as she escapes an abusive relationship and overcomes homelessness to create a better life for her daughter, Maddie. That's like a very, very much simplified explanation, but it is, it's just absolutely phenomenal. And we finished, I think we watched seven episodes in one sitting. That might be a little bit embarrassing to admit, but it was so addictive. You just wanted to keep binging and binging. And Nick Robinson is also in it. So if you remember him from Love, Simon, he's also in that kind of freaky TV show that was on Hulu called The Teacher, which was highlighting the dangers of a student-teacher relationship, like a real, real relationship. And if you've seen that, like it's a little bit disturbing, but it's also really good in a weird way. I don't even know, but he was he was phenomenal in the the TV show made as well. So anyways, if you haven't seen it or if you've seen it like on your recommendations and you haven't watched it yet, I highly recommend. I also started Squid, Squid Game, and I haven't finished it yet. So I don't want any spoilers or anything yet, but I'm like very much intrigued because it's just something that I'm not used to watching. And obviously the concept is like a little bit confusing in case you're not familiar or you've seen people buzz about it, but you're not sure. Essentially, at least what I've gathered from the first two episodes, it's about this game called the Squid Game. And these creators of the game secretly are gathering a whole bunch of people that are all the same type of person, kind of like repeat gamblers or people who owe a lot of money to other people in the world. And they pull all these people together not exactly against their free will because they do say yes to coming, but they have to go and compete in these games. And if they win the games, they get to continue. But if they lose the games, um, they literally die, like actually die. And the games are like trivial, you know, like it's kids games. Like the first game that they go out and play is red light, green light, which is, you know, you stop and you go. So you're thinking, oh, it's going to be totally fine. Uh, how can I mess this up? But then things go awry. So super fascinating. I love that it just feels like a different story that I'm not used to watching. Um, So I'm enjoying that so far. And I'm really enjoying just diving into the world of extended TV, like a limited series, and also just like television again, you know, like life is hard sometimes. And sometimes we just need to escape into a good book, a good TV show, whatever it might be. But Thank you so much for listening to With Kiz It Can's Free Shoes, Motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The life update of the the day. Um, I would love to get into today's topic, which for me, I think is a really fun one. And I'm really excited to talk about it because 
one, it's going to feel a little bit personal. And two, it's half anecdotal and half um, advice, I suppose. So essentially, I was having a conversation with one of my good friends the other day, and she was telling me how she would like to just kind of get started again on her fitness journey, as in going from zero, no fitness routine, not working out, to implementing exercise into her everyday life again. And it was kind of interesting because she grew up as an athlete most of her life, you know, and that was what took up a lot of her priorities. But after she wasn't on the team anymore, it kind of went from being trained all of the time by this instructor, coach, et cetera, to maybe not knowing what direction to go after that. And I can relate to that on such a deep level because I felt the exact same thing. After I quit cheerleading, I don't know if I've ever really told that story, but I I essentially quit cheerleading my junior year of high school because I was, I was tired of my coach, like just the absolute worst. And after I quit, I went through like a two year phase where I totally was not taking care of myself. I like was not participating in any movement on any regular basis whatsoever. And I was kind of just like protesting, I think, because I ended on such a negative note. But also it's such a hard thing to transition from being coached and trained by somebody who tells you what to do every single day than to just all of a sudden stop that cold turkey and not really know how to pick it up again yourself. And I guess like if I would have been in a, maybe a more traditional sport, like let's say I played basketball or something and I, I was training with my team all the time and we would do weightlifting days and then we would do basketball drill days. <laughs> Me acting like I know what I'm talking about, but you know, like sometimes you would have a, a variety of a routine. If I was lifting with my team and then all of a sudden you know, the team part was taken out of the scenario, maybe I'd have a good understanding of how to navigate the weight room. But I didn't have that. Like we never had weightlifting days for cheer, which is kind of weird. You'd think back wondering why we didn't, but I guess we bench pressed each other. I don't know. (laughs) That sounds so weird. But you know, it's, it's just a really hard thing to navigate going from somebody telling you what to do every single day. And that is your practice. That is your fitness. That is your movement. And then all of a sudden one day that person's not there to tell you what to do anymore and you're just supposed to figure it out on your own. It's not dissimilar from graduating from high school and going into the real world or graduating from college and going into the real world where we're kind of like prepping for it all this time. Like you spend 18 years of your life going to school to learn to be an adult, quote unquote, and then all of a sudden they're like, congratulations, you did all your classes, you graduated, now good luck. And then you just freak the heck out because you don't know, you don't know how. You don't know what to do. How would you know what to do? We weren't taught. (sighs) For me, that was a really hard transition after I graduated from college. And it was very similar when I went off to school as well. Like I didn't know how to just get back into a fitness routine because I never had to do that on my own. I never was my own self-regulator when it comes to just going to the gym. And so much of me as a cheerleader, like that was my identity, you know, and same thing with my friend here. Like when she was an athlete, that was her identity. When you take away that section of your life, your whole identity, you don't, you don't know what to do and it's natural to feel lost. So 
anyways, I sat down with my friend and I was kind of asking for what she wanted to do next, you know, like what kind of help would she might need or what direction would she want from somebody like me or really just anybody, like any friend, counsel, whomever, for what direction to go next, you know? So I figured that this could be super helpful information, hopefully, (laughs) I say hopefully, to share with you all because I feel like we can all relate to that even if you're in the exact same scenario where you've taken a year or two off from working out and maybe you want to get back into it, maybe you've taken two months off and you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed and you're not really sure how to get back into the groove of things, or maybe you're just kind of still stuck in that mentality that we talked about last week, if you haven't listened to that episode yet already, where I kind of highlight how I still was or could still be stuck in this mindset of only working out for like a week to week basis or needing to take myself away from thinking of life as a 12 week program, but rather as my lifestyle. It's not this, this overnight thing, but really your, the entirety of your entire life. The first thing that we want to consider is our mindset. All right. Now this is going to be cheesy, but I consider this to be like a little bit of a, let's say a journal prompt, a journal activity or whatever. Now, I hate, I hate when teachers or group leaders or whatever would tell me to do like some little journaling activity. I just don't work like that. Like I can't just sit in a room full of people and just start journaling. I, I'm not much of a journaler to begin with. So it's not one of my strengths to just whip out a notepad and be like, yep, yeah, like I am relating to this prompt. I'm dialing in on my feelings, everything. So if this is just not resonating resonating with you in any way, um, I'm really sorry. But just think about this as like a, a pondering moment when it, during whatever activity you're, you're doing right now. But I want you to think about why you want to be starting this fitness journey or why you want to be getting back into your routine or what you want to be cementing in your routine. Why do you want to be starting this journey? What do you actually hope to get out of this truly? And be honest with yourself, because if you are going into this with misled intentions, you're only going to be lying to yourself. If you have intentions that you think are superficial, it's better to acknowledge them than to continually tell yourself that that's not where your head is at, because that's what I did. I like lied to myself and I said, oh no, I'm doing this because I want to live a healthy lifestyle when really my mindset was F to the F up. And really all I was concerned about was my body and the way I looked. And I was constantly in that lie, like this huge spider web of lies to myself. And I think until I really admitted that and I came to terms with where my superficiality lied, laid, <laughs> um, then I was actually able to like get to the root of the problem and work at it, figure it out, and then get past that, you know, and move past that superficialness. So it is the most important thing to be going into whatever fitness journey, routine, et cetera, with the right frame of mind. Just like I was saying, referencing last week, this is your life. This is not some quick fix reality show, whatever. We are not going to be coming out of this 12 weeks later. We're not going to be coming out of this two weeks later. You have to be going into this thinking about what you can be doing for the whole entirety of your life or how you can just be approaching the rest of your life. That can feel very overwhelming if you just think about, oh my gosh, I have to be doing this for the rest of my life. But instead maybe think, how can I frame my mindset to acknowledge that I want to live 
and move my body and I want to feel the joy that exercise brings and I want to feel endorphins and I want to feel good about myself. If you're thinking in that mindset, you're going to end off with a much healthier lifestyle than if you're going into this with just erroneous intentions. And I know it's so hard because when you when you fall off of your train, whatever type of train you might be on, when you fall off of your train, the first thing that you want to do is go 100% into everything. You want to just go back to the way that things were. You want to give 1,010% of your effort. And I, of course, of course, applaud that. But I also think it is so important to realize that one, no change is going to happen overnight. And two, you have to be slow and consistent and acknowledge that whatever it is that you want out of this, it is going to take time and it's also going to take consistency. You cannot even be going into this thinking about anything other than you and the strength and the confidence that you will be building in yourself. Bottom line, super stinking important. So number one, your mindset. Make sure that your mindset is in the right place. Number two, you have to remember that this will not be perfect in any way, shape, or form. In fact, it will be quite ugly. You will most likely, quote unquote, mess up. But here's the thing, and I'm, I'm quoting my friend here, actually. You, you will think in your mind that you are messing up. That's what you're going to tell yourself. But you can't mess up your lifestyle. That's not how this works. If you're going into this thinking that this is your healthy lifestyle, you can't mess up your lifestyle. You can make different mistakes that you can learn from. There are things that you can improve on, but you are never messing up. So you can't think like I used to think where I'm missing one workout of my week and all of a sudden I messed up my whole routine. You can't think like that. I didn't mess up my lifestyle. What I quote unquote messed up was not going to the gym one time. I'm going to let my whole life be dictated by that one singular gym session? Hell to the no. Absolutely hell no. Number three, the actual meat, the meat and potatoes of this all. We're going into actual task mode. Now, this is where I I always emphasize you cannot just go zero to 100. The most sustainable way to approach getting into a fitness journey is to start slow. And it it feels frustrating because you want to just jump into everything and just make everything perfect and work and have it happen overnight. But I assure you that that will most likely only lead to burnout. If you're the type of person who can just change your whole lifestyle overnight, then you go for it. I mean, don't listen to me if that's not something that works for you. But in my experience, I have always failed anytime I have set a laundry list of goals for myself because all I do is let myself down, disappoint myself, etc. So the advice that I gave my friend was to give herself three goals to reach in her first few weeks. I said, you can set any goals that you want for yourself. I can give you suggestions. It can be something that you want to frame around your nutrition. It can be around your movement, your exercise routine, whatever you want. I suggested, these are just my suggestions. And like I said, take them or leave them. But I'm offering these because I don't want this podcast to just be like all intangible. Like I want you to be able to walk away from this with ideas if this is you as well. So the ideas that I gave her as her three tasks for the week. Incorporate some type of daily walk. That was my first task. It can be indoor, as in like a treadmill walk. 
I guess if you don't have a treadmill or something, you can walk around your house, your backyard, your apartment, whatever. Get some type of movement in. It can also be an outdoor walk, of course, pending your good weather conditions. That can be a walk around your block, like literally a two-minute walk if that's all you have time for in the day. You're walking to grab the mail. You're walking back. There you go. That's all you had time for. That's enough. Acknowledge that. That is enough. Or if you have more time in your schedule and you want to and you can, you go for a longer walk. You go for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, a mile, whatever. Don't worry about steps. I get very weird with the step counting kind of thing. Just think about either I'm going to be outside for three songs, like set a fun little playlist, walk around until all three songs are over or turn on a podcast. That's one of my favorite things to do. It's it's like I jokingly call it my hot girl podcast walk because I turn on a podcast. If it's an hour long, I find my way around wherever for an hour and I just listen to my podcast and I go about my way. So if that's what you have time for, do that. If you only have time for a five minute walk, do your five minute walk. Do not stress about it. This is not stressful. This is your life and you want it to be natural as well. I, this weekend counted my daily walk as me walking around thrift shopping. Like literally that was my outdoor walk for the day. And I had fun and I was moving my body and I was walking around the mall and the outdoor shopping area, whatever. And that was perfect. That for me was my outdoor walk. Like it doesn't have to be this magical, I don't know, like put on a sports bra kind of moment. Like just go and move. That's all that matters. My second task that I gave her, drink water. Like I'm not going to sit down and tell you to drink a gallon of water because that's kind of unrealistic for most people. And like I've mentioned before, I'm very grateful that I work from home and I can basically pee whenever I want. Like drinking a lot of water goes straight through you. So don't set yourself up and tell yourself to drink a gallon of water if you don't want to. But um, I suggested about 64 ounces. So that is about, or it is half of a gallon. But uh, I think that's two liters if you're listening in a, a place that doesn't take the Americanized system. Um, I thought that was like a, a decent amount because if you're drinking a hydro flask, let's say, or some type of reusable water bottle, a lot of the times they're 24 ounces, 32 ounces. That's like two or three fill-ups. Easy done. You know, drink it one in the morning, afternoon, evening, if you need it to be very precise like that. I carry mine around wherever I go. I still use my hydro jug. It's like my absolute best friend. She and I We go everywhere together. And I think keeping water by your side is also super helpful because it allows you to always be reminded of it. Like if I'm at my desk, sometimes I get a straw, I'm sipping water while I'm working, or I just know that it's right next to me and it's not something I'm forgetting to include in my routine. You know, like it's on my bedside table. I take it with me first thing when I wake up in the morning, I fill it up. I am always just trying to be cognizant about my water, especially because I'm always drinking coffee, which we'll get to that in a little bit. My third third idea, like I said, ideas. This is not mandatory. These are just suggestions. But I asked her, how many times can you reasonably work out in a week? If you can reasonably work out three times a week, make that your goal. Like make your goal move in some way, some extended period of time movement three times per week. You can't tell yourself that you're going to work out five or six times a week. If you know, if you know in your schedule, you just don't have time for that. Don't set yourself up to be disappointed in that way because that's only going to be hurting yourself. And at the end of this, which is your death, I guess, if this is your healthy lifestyle, 
God, that sounded so morbid at the at the end of this. Oh my God. What I mean is if if you're thinking I want to do five or six workouts per week and you just know that's not going to be in your cards, you're going to be upset that you made that your goal. And if you can only get four workouts done or something, I don't want you to be upset because four workouts a week is a shit ton. Like that is a good amount of movement. Don't be bothered by that. Like be happy that you moved even one time, you know? So two to three times I think is like a decent place to start. And by decent, I mean fantastic. I think whatever you know that you can get in is perfect. And also remember that any movement is better than no movement. So it doesn't have to be going to the gym and lifting weights. It can be dancing in your room for 10 minutes. It can be walking around your street. Like that That could be your daily exercise, your outdoor walk. Like boom, two tasks done in one. Booyah. Love to see it. Just be kind to yourself, okay? Bottom line, be very kind to yourself. Next, I think this is number three, right? Let's let's hope so. One, two, three, four. This is number four. <laughs> um, I started writing my friend like a little mini workout plan because I think that's where we can often get stuck. You know, I I'm framing this around her mindset of going to the gym. She told me she wanted to go to Planet Fitness, so that's what I'm framing this around. But if you're thinking your two to three sessions per week are is like, you know, you're going to a local spin class, you're walking your dog around the block, you're throwing a dance party, you're doing a walking workout in your bedroom, you're lifting weights, whatever. Think about this in whatever context you can see yourself doing. But again, I want to give you some tangible examples. So I'm going to share a bit of what I wanted to design for her. So I asked her first and foremost, like what she has access to. She told me Planet Fitness. That's where she said she wanted to go. Next, and I feel like this is really, really important. I asked her what she feels the most comfortable using. Because again, if you've never stepped foot in a gym before, that's not going to be a place where you're just going to confidently walk in. I will never, ever forget the first time I ever stepped foot. And I think it was in a 24-hour fitness or LA fitness, one of the two. First of all, I was petrified. I was probably like a freshman or sophomore in high school. And all of my friends like started going to the gym. And I was like, the gym? Like you guys are going to the, the, the scary place with the scary people? What? Mortified, right? But I somehow I, I got dragged into it. One of my friends was already there. I had my dad drop me off, terrified. And I think I was probably like there for, I don't know, hour 45 minutes or so. I messed around. Like I played basketball maybe. Like I went to one of those corner rooms where you can do whatever you want. I think I maybe went to a stairmaster or something like I was so out of place I felt uncomfortable the entire time and then I had to leave obviously and I gave the front desk guy like my information because you know they they probably wanted me to sign me up for a membership because I went for I think it was like your first free time free session whatever so he gets my phone number and email and then he calls me and I'm like zero years old not really, but whatever. I felt like an infant. And he calls me and he leaves a voicemail and he's like, hey, just, you know, following up on your visit to the 24-hour fitness. I'm pretty sure you came in with your dad 
and uh, just wanted to sign you up for a membership. I was mortified. Okay, like I felt so uncomfortable. So if my friend is telling me she doesn't want to go to a Planet Fitness or she doesn't want to go to any gym, then we're going to make whatever she wants to do work around that. Okay, we're never going to force people to do things that they don't want to do. Some people hate the idea of a gym. Some people absolutely love it. They crave it. They need it. We're going to meet you wherever you're at. Okay, and by we, I mean you and I, we're going to be talking through this together. Like, don't put that pressure on yourself to do something that you hate. Yes, of course, we can grow outside of our comfort zone. And that's the whole point of doing things that scare us. But if it's going to cause you like crippling anxiety, absolutely not. Like, goodbye. Don't even consider it. Do what makes you happy. So bottom line, I asked her what equipment she was comfortable using because I wasn't really sure, you know, where your starting point is at. Do you like using weighted machines? Do you like using barbells? Do you not want to use those whatsoever? It's all about where your comfort level is at. And from there we can grow, we can slowly add on, but we have to know where we want to start. So the basic breakdown that I gave her was three workouts per week, all gym based, right? Um, I gave her a mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Full body day, an upper body day, and a lower body day. That's that's the way that I like to structure my workouts, like based kind of on those general muscle groups. I also think it can be really helpful when we're thinking about compound movements as well as functional training, as in movements that are going to assist you in your everyday life, things that actually make sense, like pushes and pull movements and hinges and twists, etc. So when it actually comes down to it, like I said, I want to give you all some tangible examples. So starting off, I said, let's start off with an active warm up. We're going to go maybe a five minute walking warm up on the treadmill. Just get your body warm. Just walk. You can put on an incline if you want. You can walk as slow or as fast as you want, but just walk. Then you want to do some like active movement. You never want to start warming up by stretching, like doing anything like trying to get your splits. For example, I'm going to use my own videos against me. Don't do that kind of stuff before you start a workout. It only tells your, I believe your nervous system, pulling out my science textbook, it tells your body essentially to like go into sleep mode. Like stretching is like, you know, the nighttime activity. You don't want to start your day off with stretching or your workout, I should say. So you want to do some type of active movement. Maybe it's um, jumping jacks. Inchworms I always find is a really good one because I think it's kind of a good warms up the upper arms, etc. You can do like some air squats or something. Um, bird dogs are another good one that I really, really like to do. And let's see. Oh, like windmills, you know, woo, <laughs> something like that. Something that's going to keep you moving and kind of get your heart rate a little bit going. Then moving on from there, I think what can be another overwhelming part about this is figuring out how many exercises to include in your actual workout. And really it should just be like three or four, especially if we're just kind of starting out again. When I kind of had like my hiatus from my fitness routine and I wanted to get back into the gym, I remember feeling so overwhelmed every single like leg day, let's say, 
because I would write a schedule for myself and I was kind of just like BSing it, you know, like I'd throw random exercises together that I thought I wanted to do. I would get so overwhelmed because I felt like if I wasn't going to do like a certain movement, then I was leaving that movement behind. Like I wasn't considering it. I wasn't going to get a good enough workout because I didn't do that one really good movement for my quads that day. And all of a sudden I was going to be behind on my progress and my schedule and, and everything. No, 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 no. First of all, we cannot overwork our bodies like that. Second of all, it like it, it's just so unrealistic to expect myself to be doing every possible movement, every possible uh, gym session. Like it just, it doesn't make any sense, but that's how my brain was working, I guess. But I think it's just, it's important to know that you can't like literally leapfrog your way into movement again. Like you need to only be doing a few exercises, a few sets of each, a few reps of each to just be able to get your body comfortable again. Like it's, it's natural to want to just jump into things, but the way that it's going to work in the end is giving your body time to adapt, time to rest and time to adjust to this whole new routine that you're going to be upholding, you know, like it's, it's overwhelming. So you want to just give yourself some grace at the end of the day, give yourself some grace. Each of the days that I was kind of programming for my friend, I tried to choose very functional movements or maybe lots of compound movements for her because I think in that way you can get the most amount of movement into your routine. Like you can get a lot of different muscle groups targeted from just one actual exercise. And also like you're doing less work for more return on the investment, you know, like you're going to get a lot more out of that one singular movement than if you were to do an accessory movement, for example. So as an example, you would want to do something like a squat because squatting is going to incorporate so many different muscles versus let's say like fire hydrants, (laughs) you know, like those movements where um, you put a little loop around your legs, like a little resistance band, and then you lift your leg out to the side because it's supposed to like activate your glutes and whatnot. That's a good accessory movement. That's a good like little addition, but maybe it kind of works your butt or maybe it just kind of uh, fatigues it. But if you're doing something that's full body, you're incorporating so many muscles and you're getting so many good things out of that one movement. So that's actually a really great one to recommend. Of course, squats as if I'm the first person to recommend squats. But remember that you don't need to add anything that's going to intimidate you. So if you need to start with bodyweight squats, start with bodyweight squats. Then if you want to add in some dumbbells, you can always put the dumbbells on your shoulders. You can front rack them like in front of your collarbone. You can um, put a preloaded barbell onto your back. You can use the Smith machine, which I find to be a lot less intimidating than maybe the squat rack, for example. Don't do something that is going to absolutely terrify you, you know, and don't do something that's going to injure you either. Slow and steady wins the race. Don't put on too much weight if that is terrifying to you. Um, Just give yourself some time. You know, it's, it's going to take more time to adjust than you might want to give yourself because we just want to jump into things. Next one would be kettlebell marches, which is kind of like a a fun different one. But if you have some kettlebells that you can either put right underneath your chin or maybe two, one in each hand, and you're essentially standing very, very tall, engaging your core and marching your legs up kind of like you're doing single leg 
knee drives. That's a really great one. Also like heavy carries if you're going to walk around kind of like you have two grocery bags in your hand but you're holding two dumbbells or two kettlebells instead. You can be walking around the gym in kind of like a small area. It looks a little bit funky but I promise it's a really good movement and it's very, very good example of functional training. Uh, Something else to recommend, cable rows, leg press for example, especially the ones with the a preloaded machine where all you have to do is stick the pin in. That's awesome. RDLs, great example of a hinge movement. And it's also great for protecting your back. Super, super important, especially if we are incorporating those squats. All right. Um, push-ups, you don't love to hear it, but it is it is true. Push-ups are great for you. Grateful body exercise, pull-ups as well. Also a goal of mine that I've been working on for admittedly far too long, but ugh, I don't know. I feel like I feel so weak whenever I try and do pull-ups. Like I can only do maybe two. And then even with the assisted ones, like I'm like struggling at six or so. And that's something I'm trying to get better at. So always know that these can be goals too. We're going to do a whole video on that soon. Just you wait. These don't have to be things that you're thinking about as intimidation, but more like fun. Oh my gosh, how many push-ups can I be doing today? oh my gosh, I'm so excited because last week I squatted 10 pounds and this week I'm going to push myself and squat 15. Like things like that, but you can get yourself excited. Woohoo! Bottom line, because I am going to be a big time broken record, taking it slow, okay? It feels like the biggest burden in the world to just try and do something at a slower pace than you want to do. Like, you know, if you're walking around, like let's say you're at a theme park, you're at Disneyland, the happiest place on earth, but you're stuck behind the world's slowest walker, a group of them. You can't even navigate around them because they're, they're just a fat mob right in front of you. Just large, large, large number of people, but you can't move around them because they're moving so stinking slow. And all it is doing is driving your patients up the darn wall. You have to just take a deep breath in those sorts of moments Remember that you are still going to get to your final destination. You're still going to have a great time doing whatever it is that you're doing. And sometimes slow and steady wins the stinking race. Okay. Know that every time that you go to the gym, you're not going to have this beautiful, perfect session. But the fact that you even went in the first place is amazing. The fact that you even move your body in any way, shape, or form is progress and it's movement and it's celebrated and it's a beautiful thing, you know, bottom line. You are on this journey. You are making this routine for you, yourself, your confidence, your strength, and you're doing this because you are capable. You are able. You are beautiful. You are confident. You are amazing. I'm hyping you the heck up because this is something that is really, really, if this is something that is really, really important to you, then you have every right to succeed in every single way that you want. Like this If it just, I know how it feels to just go from that place of, I don't even know where to begin and wanting to just fix everything overnight. But your body and your relationship with your body is such a sacred and carefully constructed thing that takes so much time to just tend to. And giving that extra TLC is so beyond important. And I know that you're just going to want to do everything at this rapid rabbit race. But 
understand that there's there's no race because this is just your lifestyle and anything that you're doing to make you and yourself happier is an absolute win in my book. So I hope that this, I don't know, felt a, a bit constructive for you if you wanted some actual tips or ways to navigate this really intimidating space, like feeling like you're a beginner again, or even if you just took a short break, it can feel so much so stinking much. And also it can feel really lonely, but know that I'm here with you. Uh, my DMs are always open. If you need somebody to talk to, if you need a bit of support recommendations, uh, all of this advice that I'm dishing out today is all just anecdotal things that I've learned from my studies as a CPT. Um, I'm only studying a CPT to be not a CPT certified. So just remember that and remember that you are loved. Our question of the week, a really that rapid twist, don't get it twisted turn, taking a sharp left turn in the podcast. But uh, I got this fun question not too long ago, and it's going to give me a good excuse to talk about a topic that I love. Question of the week. What's your favorite book, Taylor? <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. What podcast am I listening to? What just happened? Yes. What's my favorite book? That was the question that I'm very flattered to be answering. I don't know that I have an outright favorite book. But if I'm going to answer this based on like the BK days or the AK days, as in before Kindle, after Kindle, before Kindle days was all like school required books, you know, after Kindle days, as in the present day today, I'd say the best book that I've read to date has to be Luckiest Girl Alive. It was the most challenging, moving, heart-wrenching book ever. And I'm also nearly positive they're turning it into a movie, which could be a good thing or it could be a horrifying thing. So many trigger warnings for that book. Like I can't even begin to list them off because it would take the whole rest of this podcast. Look it up if you have any interest. It's so deep and emotional and heart-wrenching and essentially takes place in present day, but has lots of flashbacks to the main character's childhood, teenage years, et cetera, and all of this trauma that she's overcome and how it's also fled into her present day life. And it's just really beautiful. And I loved the way that it was written. And I've never read any other books by that author. And I, I don't even know if I recall her name, but now I'm going to have to look it up. But that was an absolutely phenomenal book. And I loved every single second of it. So Luckiest Girl Alive is high up there. Also Verity by Colleen Hoover. I think I've mentioned this, but when I was starting to get into my Colleen Hoover phase, which if you're not familiar with her work, she's a very much like big YA content creator. Oh my God, I just called her content creator. She's an author. Wow, that was embarrassing on my part. She's an author. She makes a lot of YA books and she mainly does like romance novels, but somehow, some way I stumbled upon Verity, stumbled upon Verity as the first book that I read from her and it was phenomenal, but it was also like big left field, nothing like anything that she's ever written. It was, I think, like an indie book that she had published kind of on a whim, like it was supposed to be experimental, but it's a thriller novel and it is so beyond horrifying and terrifying in the best possible way. I couldn't put it down. I've never read a book so quickly before. I finished it in an entire weekend, I think, which is rare for me because most of the time I, I start a book and I don't remember that I started it and then I never pick it up again. So top of my list for sure. I would also say book update, like for my personal self, I started reading Layla last night, fell asleep reading it. Also started reading Malibu Rising 
also fell asleep reading it. So not much to update on those, but I will let you know how they're going. I don't read what books are about before I start reading them. Like I just hear a recommendation and that's kind of all I want to know. So I have no idea what these books are about. Not a single clue. But maybe two weeks ago or so, I finished Ugly Love, which is another Colleen Hoover book. Layla is also by Colleen Hoover. And I would say it was good. It wasn't great. Somebody damned me and said that it felt like a fan fiction and I've never related to anything more. It was just something about it was so predictable and it's kind of about these two people who agree to hook up, but without any strings attached, but like, okay, no spoilers here, but like, all right, we'll see how that's going to go. You know what I mean? So anyways, it was a good book. It wasn't fantastic. I recommend it if you just need something light to read, I suppose, but it's not like award-winning. I probably give it three or four stars on Goodreads. You can go to my Goodreads account. I can leave it in the episode description for this if you're interested. Last but not least, our wellness tip of the week, because my camera is dying and we need to hurry up. Wellness tip of the week. I wanted to check in with you on how you're doing caffeine-wise. How are we caffeinating ourselves? Are we taking into consideration how that caffeine is affecting us? Are we also taking into consideration the hydration that we might be needing because of the caffeination that we're having? Wow. A lot of words, a lot of tongue twisters, but Sometimes, you know, I realize that caffeine doesn't do me well. Sometimes it does me too well. But, you know, you always need to remember that you got to have some lots. You got to have lots of water. I got my tongue twisted and caught up to me. Um, but just just take into consideration, you know, if you're feeling a little bit anxious lately, how is your caffeination? You know, are you having too much caffeine? Is it not doing you well? Should you be switching to something like green tea over coffee? Um, just just checking in with you, you know, something that we we throw into our daily routine without much thought. But you know, I'm here to call you out. I love you all so much. I hope that this was a helpful and constructive episode. Thank you so much for listening or watching. If you're watching on YouTube, please don't forget to subscribe. Give this video a big thumbs up or comment down below letting me know what your favorite part was. If you're listening as a podcast, please go give this podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or leave a answer to the question that I put in the Spotify description box. So cool that we can do that now. So much fun. Answer the poll. I love you all so much. Stay tuned for another episode next week, next Monday, where we're going to get a little bit untwisted, baby. Bye.